I'm Jerry Willis. I'm Steve Ducey. I'm Shannon Bream, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, August 10th, 2020. I'm Trey Yanks. Major stories are developing around the world amid the COVID-19 outbreak. Thousands of people have taken to the streets. They have claimed, and they're still claiming and demonstrating, um, against what they have called a rogue uh, election. This is the Fox News Rundown. Global Pandemic. Today's episode of the Global Pandemic podcast will be a little bit different. I'm still on assignment in Beirut, Lebanon, covering the unrest that has followed that explosion last Tuesday that killed more than 150 people. We're still going to go over some news you may have missed, but the stories this week are actually mostly at the top of the headlines. Despite the fact that coronavirus is still ravaging the world, these are stories that you should be paying attention to because they have serious geopolitical consequences. So like every Monday, we are joined by Fox News senior field producer, you're not feeling, you're not, thank you for your time. Thank you, Trey. How are you doing? Great. Uh, definitely long days in the field, and we're getting a lot of great stories, and I think that that is important to be out here covering this story, despite the fact that the world is dealing with the coronavirus outbreak, and it's dealing with so many tragedies shining light on the stories of the people who are trying to rebuild and trying to move forward despite disease, unrest, and conflict. I mean, that's why we do what we do. But uh, I'll give you the, the latest on the situation here, and then we'll talk about some other key stories that I know you have some important updates on. The latest here is that the Lebanese Prime Minister, Hassan Diab, has resigned along with his entire cabinet, which is a pretty shocking development, but not totally surprising. There's been a lot of pressure on the government following that explosion because there are a number of questions about why there were thousands of tons of ammonium nitrate just sitting in Beirut's port for so many years, coupled with frustration that people have about the government here. And I know that you've been watching from afar, but... It's one of those stories that has so many parts to it. Um, you've been there for almost a week now, and um, you've seen the devastation, and you've talked to the people, and you covered the riots there. What, apart from the political um, developments, what can you say that this story is different from others? Well, look, I think that this story has so many key parts that are all interconnected and it's based off a lot of human emotion. It's frustration and it's anger and it's the feeling of trying to grasp what has just happened along with trying to grasp what has been happening for months in Lebanon. You've got this growing economic crisis here and there are so many hungry people and now many of those people, 300,000 people, are internally displaced as a result of this explosion. We interviewed UNICEF over the weekend who confirmed that 80,000 of those 300,000 are children. So that adds a whole nother difficult layer to the problem. Without getting too deep into Lebanese politics, to explain what the resignations today mean, 
is not very difficult because to the people in the streets who have been protesting over the past three days, they mean nothing because they still see the head of Lebanon's parliament who will remain in power for the time being as the person who is operating basically a shadow government for the Lebanese militant group Hezbollah. And while people are hungry and people need jobs and people are frustrated, they feel the government is just focused on helping this Iranian proxy in the Middle East. Um, President Macron, who visited uh, Beirut, um, talked about the need for international investigation. Um, have you heard anything about that? And what's their reaction in Lebanon for that? Yeah, yesterday, Macron, along with President Trump and some other world leaders, held what they referred to as an international donors call. And it raised nearly $300 million for relief efforts, which on its face sounds fantastic. But the reality is estimates are at $10 billion plus when you're looking at how much it will cost to rebuild downtown Beirut following this disaster. So during that call, we, we also heard from President Trump, who stressed the need for an independent and transparent investigation. It was described to me by a number of protesters in a way that I found sort of striking. There is such distrust in the government that even humanitarian aid can't be assured to get to the people. It was described as allowing a fox to guard a hen house. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, these are people who understand how corrupt the government has operated in the past. They see who's appointed to key cabinet positions. Oftentimes, as it was described today, you have rich men in cabinet positions that they know nothing about. Um, one person said, did it make sense for us to have a health minister who had never been a doctor or worked in the health field? And these sorts of questions are the questions that the people of Lebanon have. And I think that they are hoping the international pressure and the international focus that has shifted to Lebanon in the wake of this explosion will help them move forward with some of the political change that they want to see. It's one of those stories that will continue to unfold in the days, weeks, and months to come. And when we're talking about political stories unfolding, I guess this is a good time to shift to one of the stories people may have missed, but they may not have missed it this week. It, it's certainly been in the news. Um, what I found interesting about this story as it's developed is you picked it out a couple weeks ago on the podcast as a story to keep an eye on, and it has now become this massive event, and that is the days following the Belarus elections. We've seen chaos in the streets. What's the latest out of Belarus? Yes. Um, I, I don't think I've seen such a story in a while. Um, and the latest um, comes now from Belarus and Minsk, which is the capital, and other cities. Thousands of people have taken to the streets after yesterday's election. Um, they have claimed and they're still claiming and demonstrating um, against what they have called a rogue uh, election. They think that um, the current president, um, Alexander Lukashenko, um, who reigns for almost 24 years now, um, that the elections were rigged 
Um, we've seen on social media um, evidence of people from the polling stations climbing out of the window, going downstairs with with um, notes that are presumably the notes, uh, the votes for the opposition leader. Um, we've seen demonstration yesterday um, because they closed the polls earlier than anticipated and they didn't allow many people to vote. Um, and today it's been the second night of uh, demonstration. Some of them have turned violent. I'm just getting reports from a Belarusian um, a Twitter account saying that one person was killed uh, by an explosion. It's not they don't know exactly what happened. Um, Lukashenko basically said, I have won. I gained more than 80% of the vote. And um, whatever you do, I don't care. Um, and the, so many people of that voted against him um, have just decided that they had enough. Uh, Lukashenko is called sometimes the last dictator of Europe. Um, the international community has gone against him and warned from um, the rigged election in previous, as we talked about it before in our podcast. Um, but it seems that it's getting worse by the second. Uh, the foreign minister of Lithuania, which is a neighboring country, um, tweeted about half an hour ago that he has been trying to reach um, the opposition leader um, and he hasn't heard from her for over two hours and even her um, aides don't know where she is. Um, the last time she uh, was seen was entering the um, building that the, the voting uh, counting was going on and they suspect that she might have been detained. Um, she decided to run a few, mu- few weeks back because her husband, who is an opposition uh, leader and a blogger, was arrested. Um, and so we're right now seeing a political turmoil that is it's in the middle of Europe. And it, these are scenes that we've never seen, I think, in, in a while, in more than 10 or 15 years, especially in countries that are were part of the former Soviet Union. So um, I hope tonight will be quiet, but I definitely think that uh, we're going to see some more um, clashes and, and wounded and and demonstration in the coming days and it will definitely affect the and we'll have to see what the president Lukashenko is doing and what the international community is doing about that as well. You've been listening to Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. We'll be right back. The images that were coming out of Minsk and across Belarus were crazy. I mean, you see clashes that include tear gas and and rubber bullets, and even this week we've seen live ammunition. But hand grenades, as many people were reporting online, being used during clashes, it takes things to a whole different level, and it's weapons of war amid a civilian population, and it just becomes extremely messy. So it's certainly going to be a story to follow. Our our last big yes, story to discuss true. here, and we don't mm-hmm. have so much time. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have so much time, but I wanted to talk about this humanitarian disaster that's unfolding, and and I call it a humanitarian disaster because I think when we're looking at environmental disasters, they ultimately affect everyone, and they affect the entire global population. So, what's the latest on? 
the oil spill that is unfolding right now? Yes, uh, we are talking about Mauritius, which is a beautiful island in the Indian Ocean with turquoise sea and beautiful um, beaches. And a Japanese oil tanker, Japanese-owned oil tanker, has um, been leaking for the past few days. More than a thousand tons of oil have been leaked, uh, spilling into the ocean. And it's such a, a sad story because... The thousand tons that have been spilled already have been contaminating the water and the unique ecosystem of this island. And there are another uh, 2,500 tons on board of the vessel, which people are here are now watching carefully whether it's going to leak again or not, and if, if, the, if the vessel is going to break into half. Uh, the Prime Minister has pled for uh, international community to come and help. Uh, Japan has said that they're going to send some experts uh, the French government has also said they're going to help. But um, with COVID-19 and travel restrictions and uh, being a remote island, it might be a little too late um, for them and for the ecosystem. Absolutely. So, yeah. I think that's one of those stories where people aren't acting quickly enough and there are some real consequences as a result. Finally, could you give us the good news story of the week? Um, yes, I think that the good stories of the week, we're going to go back to Lebanon. And we've seen the story of a nurse in the maternity ward in one of the hospitals in Beirut, just moments after the explosion, carrying three babies in her arms, uh, protecting them. And she didn't say her name. All she wanted was to protect um, the babies who were just born a few hours and a few moments before that. Um, and this is their first day in the world. Um, and she's not the only one you've seen and we've seen all around the world, the, the amazing people of the NGOs and the volunteers and the residents and the mothers of Lebanon who are clearing out of the rubble, um, giving shelter to the people who have lost their houses, cooking food in the streets for people who didn't have any food. And... Um, all the good people around the world that are trying to help the people of Lebanon by donating and helping and sending anything that they can through NGOs like UNICEF, the World Food Program, CARE, Project Hope, Save the Children. They all want to join hands and help the Lebanese people. As we talked about a little bit last week on the podcast, there is always hope when people come together and treat humans like humans. You're not Freeling, Senior Fox News field producer. You're not. Thanks for your time once again. Thank you, Trey. Be safe, and hopefully I'll see you soon. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.